I saw the final two minutes of regulation. I'm like, okay, this is a pretty good game. Yeah, final two minutes of regulation for that Bills-Chiefs game. Was, and then, yeah, OT was like... Excellent. It got, you got to feel bad for Josh Allen a little bit. because oh, easily. Uh, he, that guy had a full Aaron Rodgers moment, like, you know, five... Every year prior to this year, I would say, like where this, the defense just cannot stop anything. Um, and uh, despite the QB's best efforts, I mean, but Josh Allen went full demigod. I, that guy's going to be a perennial MVP candidate for the, for a, the next couple of years at least. You got to think. Uh, I mean, depends. And like with, with what the Chiefs did, you get the feeling that they could basically do that every drive if they wanted to they just kind of get bored like the bills were playing like prevent defense so they just like shoved it into mid-range throws and stuff but like if they um would have been playing normal defense then they could have just thrown it over the top and scored a touchdown i mean maybe but they they should have trusted their safeties more i think in terms of in terms of that prevent, I I don't know why they threw. I think they had like Micah Hyde something like fifty yards deep, <laughs> and it's like, I get it, I get it. You're afraid of a big play here, but if they win off a big play in regulation again with thirteen seconds left, it's just much harder to complete a hail mary than it is for them to work their way down the field in the field goal range. That's exactly what they did, especially after that big return. But uh, thank you for tuning into the 20 for 20 podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Christian. Jackson. This is Eric. 2021 League Champion, Jason. And uh, we're back again. A little off-season, off-season fantasy football pod. But uh, we're mostly just going to be talking about uh, the uh, playoffs and uh, some revisions to the snap analogy uh today but we kind of we already covered the uh chiefs bills game a little bit guys so um the packers had a meltdown we've been we've been recording this entire time uh just since uh just since midway through eric's conversation little snippet on the bills chiefs that's why i reiterated that was we were talking about bills chiefs um when i chimed well done well done yeah but uh so that was a great game um and it's definitely one to watch yeah, at least the final two minutes of if you didn't see the full thing. The whole fourth quarter is pretty crazy, but uh, those final two minutes in overtime were especially spectacular. Um, in my opinion, the 49ers are basically a buy for um, the Rams next week. Um, really? Yeah, I, I really you don't know, see a way. A team that... They beat them, they beat them three weeks ago, though. Yeah. Uh, Sure. In so far. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. But, it, I mean, that was, again, a divisional game late in the year, and they already had locked up the division. I don't know how much. You're right. They they do have a formula to shut them down. I, I just don't think – I just don't think they're hot, and the playoffs are all about hot teams. Uh, like, I would I would disagree and say the 49ers might be the hottest team. Aside from the Bengals, they didn't score an offensive or defensive touchdown last week. That Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have to score offensive or defensive <laughs> touchdowns apparently to win. Okay, all right. I mean, if we if we want to touch in on that, I mean, if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's entire career, 
I don't think he's ever been a top 16 quarterback statistically, and yet his career record is like 23 and 5. And he's what? Now he's like 5 and 1 in the playoffs? I mean, it's absurd. The guy literally does nothing. He's beaten Rodgers twice in the playoffs and thrown a combined total of like 12 completions. Yeah, I that, mean, I, that is it, true. That, you got a good he, point. he literally is uh, talking to RJ. RJ said he is, he is the perfect understudy of Tom Brady. He's not as good as Tom Brady. and But yet, how else do you explain a blocked field goal and a blocked punt aside from that? You're playing against Tom Brady. Yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, you also sound a little bit like a robot, so do you want to rejoin the call really quickly? Uh, yeah, I'll do that. Um, but uh, the 49ers did beat the Cowboys, and um, they were pretty hot. The Cowboys were pretty hot prior to – mean the 49ers, mm-hmm. but it's that pass rush, that four-man rush um, with all those first-round draft picks has always been good. Um, and it turns out that uh, they didn't need Robert Sala to stay like one of the most elite front four, well, remaining in the playoffs at the very least. Um, but the Chiefs also have a, a very good pass rush, and we saw it against the, the Bills a little bit. But um, the AFC to me has been well just more fun to watch uh with the Bengals beating the titans in the divisional round um and the raiders in the wild card round in spectacular fashion walk off plays decided pretty much every divisional they literally decided every divisional game um so it's been a good entertaining playoff so far the rams beat the buccaneers in spectacular fashion jason you want to talk about that game a little bit yeah, um, I don't know. Just this entire weekend, like, uh, it, I, I can't really think of any better playoff weekend that we've ever seen. But um, yeah, with the uh, Rams and the Buccaneers, um, the Rams had it in the bag. It was uh, 20, 27 to three with about seven minutes left in the third, and part of you got the sinking feeling that like, well. Tom Brady's going to do it again. And then party. Yeah, I, the I almost feel the majority of people thought he was still going to win that game at 27 to three. Oh yeah. But like the logical part of you is also saying, no, They're, the pass catchers are too banged up. The offensive line is too banged up. It's not going to happen. And then they had a little while of like, where they just weren't getting anything done. They got like a field goal here and there, but um, you were like, okay, that's that. And then comes Tom Brady. Um, I I remember I texted our group chat with probably about, I don't know, three minutes left in regulation. I was like, well, it, it, it's wild to think that we could have two straight um, home Super Bowls. And then... Tom Brady just uncorks like an 80-yard bomb to Mike Evans, just sprinting down the right side of the field. It's like, well, now they're within a touchdown. But, you know, the uh, the Rams are a competent offense, and they can get it done. And then uh, Cam Akers fumbles uh, at, like, the 35-yard line. And the Buccaneers come back to score. Um so at that point, you feel that it's overtime or bust. 
And uh, the first play of the Rams' next drive backs it up. There's less than a minute to go. They're at, like, the 20-yard line. Matthew Stafford gets hit. He fumbles. Um, somehow gets back on it. But it's like, well, they're probably just going to run this out now, right? No. Then Cooper Cup comes along, and he catches a few balls, puts the Rams back into easy field goal range, and Ryan Santoso kicks it through for the game winner. Um, Matt Gay, Matt Gay, thank you very much. Oh, that was Matt Gay. Oh, congrats to Matt Gay. He's back by Ryan Santoso. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. After, after the Saturday games that we saw, I think people were like, okay, it can't happen again. Like, we're due for a blowout. And, uh, I don't know. Tom Brady didn't give any tip of the cap or look back to the field as he left um, left Raymond James Stadium. Uh, he's he's speculated in the last couple of days that um, his family will probably play a big role in his decision of whether or not to continue. But I, I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back with uh, with a healthy receiving core, and I think uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Super Bowl 57 champs. <laughs> yeah, I I think Tom Brady's going to go the route of Drew Brees and basically play till his arm falls off uh, and he can't throw the ball anymore. I I really do same think... Same with Manning. Manning did the same thing. Yep, same with Manning. I don't mm-hmm. think there's really a, that sentimentality towards going out. Um, it, uh, same with Big Ben, honestly. Uh, there's not yeah, really a, yeah. like a sentimental side to these guys later in their career <laughs> until uh, until they're very clearly not fit to be the quarterback of the team. I don't think they're going to give up the mantle. Um, Eric, do you – we watched the Bengals-Titans game um, together. Uh, I, I know you weren't necessarily happy about the result, but do you want to talk about that one a little bit? Yeah, I mean – I was very big on the Titans. Um, I actually had the, oh, I mean, to show you how good I am at picking games, I had the Titans and the Packers in the Super Bowl. Um, but I I don't know. It The game was, the, the game was won by the Titans. It's just Tannehill threw the whole game away. I mean, he threw, what, three interceptions that game? Yep. One, I mean, one was in the red zone, which was a huge um, turning point in the game. And, I mean, there was a point where they, I think sometime in the fourth quarter, where it looked like they were going to make a drive to possibly win the game. And then, I mean, I think Tannehill threw a pick, too, towards the end. I mean, like, you had all the momentum going to you. It was a very similar situation like the Packers, where it's like you have Derrick Henry coming back. Um, and then you have, he's not supposed to be on a pitch count. I mean, he, he didn't look, like, great, but he looked, you know, like a, a good running back out there. I mean, he there was a few times where it's like he gets he gets met at the line, and, you know, earlier in the season, it's like, okay, he's going to bust through and at least get three, four yards. He gets stopped right away instead. But, I mean, the, the, the Bengals, they played a good game. I, I, I mean, Joe Burrow had over 300 yards. You have Jamar Chase over 100 yards. Mixon had a decent game. Like not to not to fault the the Bengals at all. They were a decent team. I just the Titan that Titans team won the game in my opinion. And Tannehill just threw the whole thing away from them. AJ Brown I, was just 
AJ Brown had a hell of a game too. He had 140 yards and a touchdown. And Julio had 60. That you know, that's as much as you can expect from him. But um, I just I don't. It sucks. It really does suck for the Titans. Um, you had a lot of momentum going to, for you with Henry coming back. Um, you, you know, I don't know. It's 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 a brutal one no, for I, you. You're definitely right. I mean, I picked the Titans and Packers at the start of the year as my favorites, um, just because of the the way they got eliminated from the playoffs last year. Didn't feel like it was conducive to that team's success, and uh, you know they were right back in the thick of it again. Uh, but but. Um, yeah, you're right. The Bengals just kind of <laughs> edged one out in 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 a very like Giants style fashion, almost. Yeah, Burrow um, got sacked nine times. Yeah, that game. I mean, there's no reason they should have really won that game on paper. And and the Bengals defensive lines uh, super thin right now. I think they mentioned it a couple times. They basically only have the guys that they put on the field. They don't really have backups uh, that are healthy. So that is definitely concerning. Um, uh, but I, I also I forgot to mention this. Uh, the Bills kicker, um, he missed an extra point and a field goal in the Chiefs game. And uh, boy, oh boy, were they missing those four points at the end of the game? Um, it was. I hope it was the Chiefs kicker missed those. Was it? Oh. Yeah. It was yeah, it was Budker. Oh well. It, it, if, if it were Tyler Bass, I would have been yeah given so say. much more grief in the chat because you know that if he were dropped, he'd yeah. be the top waiver pickup for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, the Bengals. Oh, speaking of kickers, oh, though. Go ahead. Can we talk? Can we talk about the Bengals kicker? Evan McPherson. The, uh, yeah. Evan McPherson. I don't know if everyone saw. Kick Pearson, um, as he was called he, on the broadcast. He called the game. He called it. Yeah. Yeah, so as he's walking, right before he walks out onto the field to attempt to attempt the game-winning field goal, he turns the back of the quarterback, and Joe Burrow overhears him say, uh, well, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship. As he walks out onto the field to attempt the game-winning field goal, which, mind you, is 52 yards. Huge it's not, it's not a gimme. Huge cojones. <laughs> Huge cojones. And he walks out there and just blows it straight through to win the game in Tennessee. And I, I don't know if you guys saw, but the Bengals sold out of McPherson jerseys in the next hour after that game. I would believe it. I mean, and he was a high draft pick too. And the Bengals are given a lot of grief for taking a kick or what, in the third yes. round? Yeah, and it, it showed how important it is to have a clutch kicker. Well, and I think any Minnesota Vikings can attest to that. And uh, oh, we I, can. Yeah, and, and Bears. The Rams, I mean, the Rams, and the teams that have been eliminated the, by bad kicker. I mean, the Rams and the Chiefs both almost lost their playoff games because their kickers to field goal. And yeah, it, that is just wild. But I was just gonna say the Bengals have a, you know. It, there's only one thing harder than beating Patrick Mahomes once, and that's beating Patrick Mahomes twice. And the Bengals beat them <laughs> week 17 and now have to face them in the AFC Championship. Uh, that week 17 game was a walk-off field goal also, uh, I believe. Um, and so that is just it's a wild turn of events. I'm a Bengals guy all the way. I want Bengals-Rams in the Super Bowl, um, personally. I just think that would be very fun. I like both of the stories of the teams, I like the McVay-Stafford kind of romance, the bromance, I guess, that is brewing between those two uh, and has been uh, for this past season. Uh, I just like the idea of 
McVay doubling down on his whole picks don't matter strategy, let the other teams develop the guys and then bring in these guys that have been just uh, wind-starved from other teams like Jalen Ramsey and Vaughn Miller and let them go to town um, when it's all on the line. I, I think it's an Odell, I mean, for that matter, too. Uh, but also with the Bengals making a run at it for the first time in you know 30 years, 40 years, 50 years now, I think, since they've been in their last, uh, almost Ooh. since they've been the Bengals. I think it was 88 the, oh, the was their Bengals, last yeah. AFC championship or something yeah. like that. So yep. that is, um, that's just a feel good story. Um, but uh, I mean, the Chiefs are definitely the favorite in the game. There's no question about it. There's, they're, been in the Super Bowl the last two years and um, a really strong, <laughs> a really strong close win over that Bills team. Um, but I I hope the Bengals can get it done once again. Uh, but who do you guys think is going to make it out of this uh, championship round? We can go around the horn, Jackson, Jason, then Eric. So I, I don't think any team has ever made it to the Super Bowl three consecutive years in a row. There have been did the Bills do a couple it teams right back there, in the but... 90s when they lost oh, well, four? They, they did it four, four, years, four years in a row. They did it four years in a row. I guess they meant in like won it oh. more than one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did lose it all four years. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I guess, look, I, like in the back, like I, I, was, I was referencing the Bills, but also like I didn't count my mind they didn't win any of them, <laughs> I suppose. I guess uh, I, I see the Chiefs beating the Bengals. I think the Bengals have certainly gotten to where they're at by playing well, but I don't think they've been tested the same way the Chiefs have throughout this entire season. Um, I mean, it, it's really going to rest on can Joe Burrow put up another vintage effort the playoff? It's going to have to be a third straight one, whereas the Chiefs have been here. The Chiefs are going to have home field advantage. And I don't think it can be understated how big it will be to have players playing in their fourth consecutive conference championship. Uh, especially players in their first, first, you know, uh, it's a lot of pressure. It, yeah. It not much. Yeah. Not to mention even their rookie season. I mean, I could see Jamar chase pulling a very similar Stefan Diggs esque uh, moment at the end of the Chiefs game, Bengals game uh, coming Sunday. And then in the NFC, I think that the Rams do pull it out. So I'm going with both favorites. And then I think, I really hope the Super Bowl is reminiscent of that Chiefs Rams Monday Night Football game that we got. Uh, was, was it three years ago? Maybe now? three years ago. That, that was the year that the Chiefs didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but the conference championship, right? Yep. yep. So, mm-hmm. yep, because it was Patriots Rams in the Super Bowl. So I think it was three years ago. So I mean, I, a game like that, I think, would just do wonders, <laughs> and I, I hope that's what we get. In which case, I would go Chiefs. So, Jackson definitely makes a very logical argument. Um, Passing the eye test looks like uh, each team that Jackson picks should make it, the Chiefs and the Rams. Um, I just did a little bit of research. The 49ers went 2-0 against the Rams during the regular season. The Bengals won 34-31 in Week 17. I, I'm going to pick a pair of upsets. I'm uh, I'm going 49ers Bengals. Um, just a roller coaster of the last couple of years for each team. Um, but I don't know. I I, I would love to see um, another a rematch of that 
storied Monday night football game when it was 54 to 51. Um, but with uh, Matthew Stafford as a competent quarterback in place of Jared Goff. But I don't know. Let's get crazy. Bengals uh, 49ers. Go Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati will win Jamar the Super Bowl? Chase. Yeah, I, I'm rolling with my boy Jamar Chase. Uh, roll him over from fantasy, and I think he'll make it. And uh, Eric? I'm going to go with, with Jackson on this one. I'm going to go Rams, Chiefs. I, I, I understand the, the divisional thing here with Rams versus the 49ers. I think on that Week 17 matchup, if it, I think the Rams let off the gas a little way too quick when they had the huge lead up against the 49ers and ultimately blew it. I don't think they're going to do that again, this same matchup. I mean, it was a blowout, I mean, that week 17 until, yeah, there's that moment where Sean McVay was, like, celebrating, and the game just turned to just poop after that. I think this time around, the 49 or the Rams aren't going to let off the gas. In terms of Chiefs, Bengals, I, it's it's tough. I mean, uh, I you look at the complete team, I think you got to go with Chiefs. It's the Bengals. Yeah, their D line is okay. Um, it's it's not. You're not going against. I don't know. Uh, the Chiefs team just seems so complete. I know they let up a lot of points, but they had that just super explosive offensive burst with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You look at someone like the Bengals. Like you have Jamar Chase, and then I mean that's pretty much all that you can a hundred percent rely on. Joe Mixon had a decent game, but when you have like the rushing attack of someone like Clyde Edwards Lair and Daryl Williams, I mean that's that's pretty solid too. And they're you know they're great pass catchers as well. But I think um in terms of Super Bowl winners, I'm gonna go with the Rams. And I'm gonna go with the Rams just because I think the hungry dog, you know, hungry dog eats first. I Stafford has been deprived of any playoff contention with the Lions. I think out of anyone out of this these playoffs, I, Stafford's the one who wants it the most, if you ask me. And, uh, you know, on the Lions, he he had no opportunities to make the playoffs. I think he's going to want it the most. Um, I think he's going to play his heart out. He has Cooper Cup out there. Um, Cam Akers has been a breath of fresh air out there. The Rams' defense is, like, <laughs> you invest so much into your defense, it has to pay off, and it has been paying off so much. I mean, they have, like, no draft picks, so I – I'm going to go with the Rams. I think Stafford's going to want it more than Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, there's you can make an argument for any team, I think, which is a, a beautiful thing in these conference championships. Um, and they both have played each other before, which is also kind of a rare thing, I think. It's not the first meeting of any of these teams. Um, my heart's just telling me Cincinnati all the way. I I, I – I was a Rams fan for the longest time. Uh, my first NFL jersey was actually a Marshall Falk jersey. My second NFL jersey was a Marshall Falk jersey. I was a huge Re- Steven Jackson fan, too, when he uh, took up the mantle from Falk. Um, and I was a huge Todd Gurley fan uh, also. Um, yeah, I still am, even though he's a shell of his former self at this point. Um, but um, I, God, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Rams win at all. Um, but part of me just loves the story of, of Burrow with the victory cigars at the end of it. I, I just want to see that. So 
you guys, um, do we want to make Pro Bowl picks also? Who do we think is going to win the Pro Bowl? Um, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of skills challenges that decide it, so maybe not. Uh, but um, Wait, does the AFC ever lose the Pro Bowl? No. I feel like the AFC wins the Pro Bowl basically every year. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. At, at least for the last two decades. I mean, yeah. And if they have Josh Allen, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be kind of hard to make an argument. You just feel like Josh Allen's the type of guy who shows up and takes things way too seriously. <laughs> like everyone else relaxed and he's like, no, I'm going to win these playoff skill challenge or the Pro Bowl skill challenges. Yeah, he's throwing heaters in the dodgeball match. We all, we've yeah, all seen. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah. uh, I, I mean, can you imagine if, like, Josh, if they, like, the coach tells Josh Allen before he goes out in the field at the Pro Bowl, like, hey, Josh, like, just play loose and have fun. Like, what is. Like, isn't that how he already plays? It is. It, like, it really is. And uh, here's one like, thing I didn't realize is Josh Allen's kind of parallels with Big Ben's career. They had the same 40 time in the combine. 479. Exactly. The what? same 40 time. I know. And Josh Allen's like a mobile guy who can put up like 100 rushing yards in the game. It's just the different eras, you know, and the ways their team kind of wanted to use that speed and, and size is is much different um but boy oh boy uh josh allen is um well he's demigod i said that earlier he is the equivalent of hercules in the league right now um but uh let's make the revisions to this uh and uh, oh i did want to bring up one question yeah to you guys and that is if matthew stafford wins the super bowl how does his legacy compare to Aaron Rodgers, especially if Aaron Rodgers walks away from the Packers after the season? Well, because you would say over the last right, the last 15 years, Aaron Rodgers has obviously been the better quarterback. He has the MVPs, is everything, and then Stafford, however, never really had a team, and then Stafford finally gets the team, and he takes them to the conference championship, maybe the Super Bowl, and if he wins that Super Bowl, yeah. um. That, I think that really complicates and muddies, like, I, obviously, I think there's a solid argument that Rodgers is the better quarterback, but is Matt Stafford is clearly a better leader, I think you could argue. I think um, a lot of this would have to, I, well, let, I'll segue this into talking about the coaches a little bit, because it's a very interesting set of four coaches in the, in the conference championships here. Shanahan and McVay both worked together for a number of years, um, and uh, Shan Matt LaFleur was uh, an assistant coach under Shanahan, which I always feel is a disadvantage when the Packers played the Niners. Um, and uh, Shanahan was an understudy under McVay for a little while. So uh, there, but they did work side by side prior to that. So this conference championship is really a huge testament to this McVay coaching tree that's blossoming right before our eyes. Um, and the entire playoff has been that way. Whereas on the other side, in the AFC, you have Andy Reid, of course, back and back again, um, perennial underperformer until very recently, um, and Zach Taylor, who is sort of, I, I don't want to say of the Andy Reid coaching tree. I, I'm not very familiar with his history as a coach, but his coaching style is reminiscent of Andy Reid, which is like an ultra-high-powered offense comes first, um, dynamic play calls, and putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So I would say in terms of like Stafford and, and Rogers legacies uh, in comparison, um, 
if you put Aaron Rodgers with Sean McVay, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I It's really tough to say. Um, but I think McVay will always be a piece of that conversation in Stafford's legacy um, just because their relationship has been very public. Um, McVay pining for Stafford was very public. They met up in, you know, like the Bahamas or wherever uh, prior to the season. And um, I, I think it's just um, – it's more of a, a, a coach-player relationship, whereas Rodgers had those good years with McCarthy. Um, but, well, you can clearly see now that McCarthy is sort of a one-trick pony in that he can get the best out of skill players sometimes um, and give them, put them in positions to thrive. But when it comes to like handling an elite pass rush, he is as good as the Affleck duck at coaching a team. He really, he never brings in extra protection and it totally sunk the Cowboys ship in the same kind of fashion that the Packers had their ship sink all those years in the playoffs um, under McCarthy. Um, so I think to me, it'll be a bigger Testament to McVay and his, his ability to manage the team than it will be to Stafford. I think Stafford joined an already great Rams team. Uh, that was a perennial playoff contender, even with Goff. Um, I think though Stafford having one Super Bowl is huge because it shows that he can thrive with a variety of players. Uh, he had a number of good years with Megatron, uh, way back in Detroit. Um, and people kind of wrote off his success up until this point, I think mostly based off, you know, Stat Padford was his nickname among Lions fans because he'd put up a lot of garbage time stats uh and i think I, I think a lot of his success early on was attributed to the skill position players around him like calvin johnson so to me it'll be big for matt stafford to get the super bowl win uh but his legacy as a good quarterback was cemented way back in the nfc uh and if he wins the super bowl i don't know if anyone will make the argument that he is of uh, superior caliber to Rodgers, but I would say there is a really strong argument to put him in the same tier of quarterback, uh, if you will, in terms of like where they go down in history. Um, yeah, group of guys who both won yep. one Super Bowl. Yeah, and where you're, I think you're kind of talking about Dan Marino type in a way, or a Jim, uh, maybe not Jim Kelly as much, but uh, Dan Marino, you know, was just so talented all those years, um, and he was the best thrower of the football in the league basically every year he played uh, maybe except for the last one uh but he never won a super bowl and that was the huge knock on his career um which is it's kind of sad uh, a little bit um but i don't want to see stafford go down that way and i don't think he will now that he's with mcveigh and, and a great coach I, you see a lot of organizational dysfunction can totally destroy a good quarterback's career like it did with dan marino like it has done for 16 out of Rodgers, 17 years on Green Bay. Um, but what are your guys' thoughts? Sorry, I was kind of just taking the I was going to say, uh, Zach, Zach Taylor, his job before as the Bengals head coach, was the QB coach for the Los Angeles Rams in 2018 when they lost the Super Bowl. So so right there, it's three of the four coaches are of the McVay coaching tree. That is unbelievable. I don't think there's ever been a coaching tree that successful immediately out of the gate. Um you talk about the Bill Walsh coaching tree, West Coast offense and stuff like that, or, you know, uh, 
maybe three of the 14 guys to come out of there and get head coaching jobs ended up winning Super Bowls, but none of them were able to uh, do it while Bill Walsh was still coaching, uh, partly due to how short Walsh's career was as a head coach. But also, um, I think it usually takes more time than this to build a roster and create a successful team and identity um, around an offense. Uh, but what, uh, Eric, you got any thoughts on this? No, I think, I think you covered it pretty well. I mean, it's like Rodgers, first of all, is the public opinion for him has dropped off significantly this year. Um, and, like, his postseason record is 7-9, and nine, you know? It, it's not like a winning record. I think that's, you know, the, he had the highest expectations and to be, you know, to have the same amount of Super Bowl wins as if Stafford wins is Matthew Stafford, who, you know, gets put on one good team, wins it all, and you can't count how many good teams Rodgers has had. It's like, yeah, I think that if, if Stafford wins, I, I do honestly believe they should be in the same, you know, category. It, it, as much as I hate to say it as a Packers fan, I, I do think you got to be critical of Rodgers you can't blame it all on the team sometimes. I think you got to put it on him when you he's put in a situation like the team he had this year and can't do anything. Um, he goes, has five three and outs in, in a divisional round where if you have Stafford who seems like the game's falling and throws an absolute dime to Cooper Cup to, to seal the deal against the Buccaneers, a team that, you know, the Packers and lost to. it wasn't his fault. Either like Stafford didn't do anything wrong to cause them to lose. It was all fumbles by other position yeah. players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, like I think that I think that deserves to be said because like, like Matt Ryan imploded. Like Stafford did not do anything wrong, and yet they still somehow imploded. Right. Like, yeah. You, I mean, that there was that one throw that um, for the Packers right. yes. on that drive where he threw it to like double covered. Uh, Devonte Adams. I mean, there's review of that play where there's two wide open wide receivers that he missed. He just wanted to chuck it to Adams, who yeah, who was double covered. It's like when you're watching that game. I, I don't know if we talked a lot about the Packer game, by the way. Um, I don't know if it's too late for that. But like, there was that fourth and one stop, and you just knew that. Like, I had that thought the Packers going to win it, and just seeing all this miscommunication between the team, like Rodgers the offense is just not flowing. It's like, yeah, you can blame it on play calling, but I mean, Rogers has to take some of the blame for that. You know, it's not all on the play call. It's not all on how the offense is run. Rogers just, I don't think he was seeing the field that well. And yeah, a seven and nine post uh, postseason record is not one that you want to, you know, go down with. <laughs> not at all. And where you effort who, you know, gets on a good team and wins it all goes what four and oh, right there i mean in a super bowl that's that's yeah that that's insane i think you you deserve to and i love rogers he's the quarterback like that i will probably remember for a while for the packers but i I do think if stafford wins you have to start comparing those two more and of course jackson mentioned it but like you know the mvps are there for rogers but it's like super bowl like i mean you guys on me all the time for this but in the end of the day super bowls are really all of what matters in my opinion and if you have the same amount 
And it, it really, I think it almost discounts the fact how good of you are. If you have all these MVPs, but you can only win once compared to a guy who has been putting up consistent stats, um, never won an MVP because his team was never that great. Um, except maybe a few of those Calvin Johnson years, but it's like, yeah, I mean, he got on a good team, did it all. Rogers has had how many good teams, including that 15 and one season and, you know, loses to the giants. Like, well, you know, what I would say is that, you know, it just shows football is, you know, truly a team sport. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell puts it as it's a weakest link sport, whereas uh, basketball is a strongest link sport. You have a guy like LeBron James who can totally take it, you know, just take a team to the playoffs on his own practically. Um, and that's not to say, you know, he didn't get help with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. You do need help to get it to get the chip uh, in most years of the NBA's history. Um, but uh, in, in terms of football, you always need a solid 53 people, <laughs> really, and you need to have a good culture around the team. But the tier, I guess, I, I just want to talk about uh, the tier that they would share would be, um, it would be uh, like Rodgers, uh, Stafford if he wins it, um, uh, Joe Namath, would be in there um and steve young are the guys that come to mind to me that are guys that have won one super bowl um i think uh kurt warner too sorry uh kurt warner had uh two mvps i know his career was short but very storied um and uh i think uh, I, I do want to point out steve, steve young won three super bowls no that's joe montana I think they both won three Super Bowls. Won no, four. Steve Young yeah. won one. And it's a, a huge knock on his career when comparing him to Joe Montana. Who she, oh, you're right. Montana did win four. I, um, yeah. uh, but I think he won three with the uh, Niners in very short succession. Uh, and John, oh, apparently United there's another Steve Young in the goal. There is another Steve Young in golf, yeah. Oh, well, he's also won some championships. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are all very talented throwers of the football uh, and and arguably the best we've seen um, um, uh, in the league uh, in, in any given year. Uh, how many has Russell Wilson had? Uh, has he had two? Uh, no, he only has one. Well, then Russell yeah. Wilson, would I would put in there too. Oh. Okay, mind you, Christian Steve Young is a three-time Super Bowl champion. It's but just, he was a backup. It's like a Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is a two-time Super Bowl right. champion. Yes. Yeah, he he was the backup yes. on uh, to Joe Montana for a number of years. Yes. Uh, and they did do like a Trey Sermon-style <laughs> thing where he, he would come in uh, later on uh, and, and split the... Oh, Trey Lance type thing. Or Trey Lance kind of thing. Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance kind of thing. Sorry, not Justin Fields. Um, but, uh, yeah, they did that style of thing with Steve Young. Not as super run heavy whenever Young was in, but Young could run and Montana couldn't, which was uh, the big thing was like, wow, this takes the West Coast offense to the next level under Walsh uh, with the mobility that Young provided. Um, but that's about the, that's about the guys I would put in the tier if if Stafford were to win it all, uh, he would definitely join that tier. Otherwise, I would still put him in the tier with Dan Marino, uh, but that's just a tier of guys that did not win a Super Bowl, you know. So, um, Jason, your thoughts on uh, this kind of quarterback discussion? Yeah, um, 
it definitely elevates Matthew Stafford's status um, into like a, I don't know. I'd say Hall of Famer, second or third year that he's on the ballot. Um, if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, then maybe like maybe in one of his last years of eligibility, then he'll get in. Um, I I don't think that it elevates him quite into the stratosphere of Aaron Rodgers. Um, even without the Super Bowls, I think Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks that like is in the conversation for like if people are making their Mount Rushmores of quarterbacks. Um, he he's in that conversation. Um, you get um Tom Brady. Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, I'd say are like the three kind of locks. Broncos fans would put in Elway probably. (laughs) Right. Yep. But yeah, but like the fourth one does have some more um, conversation behind it. You got, you have Brett Favre, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have John Elway um, and all those guys. Patrick Mahomes. There's more Super Bowls than Rodgers in four years. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I just don't think that Stafford would be quite there, especially since he has the three um, playoff losses with the Lions already. It'd be one thing if, like, the Lions had never, ever been able to make it to the playoffs, and now that he was in the playoffs, he's just, like, showing his true colors, more or less. Um, but, yeah, don't get me wrong. He is a very, very talented quarterback. Um probably like one of the most underrated arm talents that the league has ever seen just because of his time in Detroit and kind of how overlooked he got, um, how overlooked he was. But I just, I think that Rogers is still on a higher plateau a bit. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a solid point. Um, that's the end of this segment. I'm going to just kind of go on a brief tangent a little bit that I, I went on uh, earlier in the year about Mahomes. This might be, in my opinion, his last ride for a while. I uh, You said that last. You I, all said that last well, year. Well, no, but I didn't realize his contract did not kick in until next year. Um, so I just think that once his big contract starts hitting the Chiefs cap, it's going to really – hurt their ability to go after free agents like they have uh, for their defense in particular. Uh, Tyron Matahue comes to mind. Um, but their ability to sign guys is going to be severely hamstrung. Um, and I am a firm believer that the, really the only way you can get a dynasty together in the NFL is, is with that Tom Brady approach where you have a quarterback on not a big contract, which Mahomes is not on right now. Uh, he's still on that rookie deal, I believe. And, um, and, that is just a, a good way to get talented pieces around you. I, I Now, that's not to say Patrick Holmes is n- not great and never going to be back in the playoffs. I'm sure he will. I am so sure he will. Uh, but whether or not that team is is built to make a Super Bowl uh, will be one. It, it'll be a question in my mind. And now, he could very well prove me wrong. If there's anybody that proves me wrong on a regular basis, it is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so I, I'm... I am, uh, I guess, pessimistic about my own view of things, um, but I still think, you know, at the end of the day, when you're talking about contracts, uh, being the highest-paid quarterback in the league is not 
the best thing for a team's success, in my opinion. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's get into the snap analogy a little bit in our revisions to it. We forgot some key details uh, last time. Um, and you guys, please chime in. because We've also just been building on it, too. Yeah. We have. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, we can, we can kind of work our way down the list. Last time, I think you just kind of... Sure. kind of laid the foundation for the analogy and i think we can kind of discuss through more so maybe what we were all thinking some other takes on it sure um, i mean the first one right is is jason is thanos I'm, I, I guess like what i was wondering is jason how do you feel about being thanos i mean i think for the most part this is self-inflicted and self-prescribed what initially led you to the thanos character I'm not exactly sure. I think it was maybe about three years ago now when I made my trade with Blake. Um, and it, it, so, like, the last two years before this year's championship, um, my trades were ultimately what led to my demise. Um, like, if if um, if I wouldn't have made those final trades, then I would have been a back-to-back-to-back champion, which is probably for the best because, I mean, I know my team is the best year in and year out, but it's fun to have some parody every once in a while. Um, but when uh, when my team was getting all the heat um, for making a trade with with another manager who did want to make that deal um but people are still saying that um i was ripping him off and everything i just kind of leaned into it and it's kind of stuck i feel like i was looking for years for a team name that could be like one singular thing to stick and i think that i finally have it with my current team name of jason and the golden fleece and with the thanos team picture uh, kind of reminiscent of Adam's Atomic Warriors and the um, Adam in there. You just, when you see that logo, you know who who the Atomic Warriors are, even if we don't quite know the manager behind the mask. But, um, you know, um, I, I'm pretty... I'm fine being classified as Thanos because it means I won. So, you know. Fair enough. I mean, I just do. Do you think anyone will trade with you next year? Oh, I think so. Um, I think people have been saying for um, two or three years now to not trade with Jason. Um, Granted, this this trade with Adithia was a bit more lopsided than some of the other ones, especially given how long the trade, like how early the trade was, so how long each player was able to stay on the team. But I, I don't mean to like toot my own horn or anything, but one thing that I'm good at is finding value and exploiting it and remaining consistent in um my negotiations um so like if i'm interested in a player i'm very flexible in my trade offers um (laughs) and flexible is perhaps another word for persistent that too that too but like 
if someone really isn't interested at first, I'm willing to work with them to find the value that um, that they need. Um, I think teams will be a little bit more hesitant, but at the end of the day, I, I think that I'll still be able to find trade partners here and there. Well, yeah, I, I unfortunately that is definitely the case. You will absolutely find trade partners. I, I. Look, I, Jason just fits the snap analogy so well. He self-prescribed <laughs> Thanos, okay? And the real the, – the fact that – I'm going to just jump all the way down to Trevor here. The fact that – Jason, you want to tell the audience how your relationship worked with Trevor this season firsthand? I don't want to mince words, okay? But sure. uh, let me just, just talk about what you did for Trevor this year. I think my biggest thing that – with Trevor was trying to keep him involved as much as possible. Um, he doesn't know a lot about fantasy football and he would come to me for advice a decent amount, especially so. Okay. Let me take a step back and say, Eric and I have very different ideas of the value that certain players possess. It seems like whenever one of us has an opinion about a player's value, the other person has the opposite opinion. Um, and a lot of times people with trade offers from me will go to Eric for advice. Um, and Eric will just say that they're trash because he doesn't like any of my trade offers. Trevor would come to me with Eric's trade offers. Um, but he was offering him players like Derek Carr um, for TJ Hawkinson after week one. Um, in the end, Derek Carr had a pretty good season and TJ Hawkinson, by and large, disappointed. But I... I still don't regret the advice that I gave Trevor regarding that trade. Um, Even though it was wrong. Right. But like Derek Carr, this season aside, had been like a top 15, top 20 oh, type I'm quarterback. I'm not saying any normal person would have rejected that. But here's what I'm getting at. Okay, I, well, let me my, cut to my the chase a little bit. Is that, is that Trevor what? is in Jason's division, Okay. So the fact that he is he's coaching two teams in the division basically because he's trying to keep a guy involved and give him advice on trades, and that second team in the division went four and nine, <laughs> went four and nine at no point did Jason say, "Hey Trevor, I really think you need to start pushing trades through because your season's not going so hot." He lost his last five games straight. He went. He started he didn't season check four his and four. Team. He didn't look at his team. So what and that's kind not of involvement were you cultivating him. here? I tried to encourage him. He just got too busy with teaching school. I guess he couldn't carve out time to look at his fans team. I can't help it if he has three quarterbacks and none of them are in the conversation for a starting job. When there are quarterbacks out there and he has waiver priority... It's a pretty sad thing because I was in the hunt for a quarterback all year. And I was like, okay, this team, this team, this team could uh, like supplant me for waiver priority. Not really. I'm, I, 
I didn't really have too many occasions where I was like, you know what? I think Trevor could undercut me this week. He just so didn't check his team. Another thing, though, Jason, is like Trevor dramatically needed a quarterback. And so you're advising his team on pickups or trades. Like, was there any conversation at any point where you're like, Trevor, you got to use that waiver priority on waivers to get a quarterback? Believe me, I did it. The man just doesn't check his I don't text. believe you. I don't believe you. <laughs> I, I will look back into our history. He he won't respond for like three. So, okay, with Trev, he either responds right away or after like three or four days. There's no in between. Um, late in the season, it was the three or four day range. Or by that point, waivers have already passed. Um, let me uh, let me just see if I um, checked anything. But like, I would try. Okay, let's see. Yeah, September 22nd. This is a quote from me. You should also put in a claim for each of the top three quarterbacks on waivers. Remember, you don't need to drop anyone. Because he had an open roster spot at this point. Um, but this, this was also like Jason was telling... when you had a quarterback. You still had Sam Darnold. Right. And then Sam Darnold gets hurt. I can't help it if he... Just goes dark. He's he's just like Danny Phantom in this league. He's going ghost. Did, did the did number Trevor one team. Did you kill Trevor? Yes, I was going to say this. The number one <laughs> team advised and raised the number eighteen team <laughs> for the first, let's say, four games of this eight weeks of the season or something like that, maybe consistently, to where he was four and four, and mm-hmm. then sacrificed him, just like Thanos raised Gamora and then sacrificed her, and he went on to lose his last five. Like yeah. that is that it fits the analogy perfectly. That is yeah, why I, Jason, I in my mind, is truly I mean, Thanos. You, you can just you can just see Trevor looking at Jason's eyes, going, "I'm sorry, you can't win because you can't sacrifice me." And Jason just going, "Watch me," and throwing Trevor <laughs> off the cliff. Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, it is. If it came to that, if he asked me for advice, like say we were playing in the ch- in like the conference final, which come on, Trevor in a conference final, get real. Um, if we were playing, and he asks me for advice, yeah, I would clearly steer him wrong. But when he's just like a scrub team, like he was, like yeah, I'll I'll throw him a bone and give him some advice. But yeah, I, I mean, it, he, it definitely fits the analogy. I I would throw him off a cliff for another trophy. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll put that out there right now. All right, put perfect. That on the record. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> the Thanos mission works for me. Um, let's talk about Rafi as Vision and Linnea as Wanda for a second. So, I don't know if we mentioned it last time, but um, when we look at Infinity War, right? Thanos, the second to last thing that he does to win is rip the stone out of Vision's head. And Rafi and Jason played each other in the conference championship. And heretofore up to that point Rafi had really been unstoppable over the last two or three seasons like I think most people would say he has been the strongest team uh when you look at the last three years holistically and so for Jason to come in Rafi puts up another strong performance and Rafi just or Jason just rips the living daylights out of Rafi by what how many points do you score in that Divisional or the conference championship, Jason. It was just an absurd amount. Yeah, probably like 140 or something. Yeah, something like that. And so I think 
that part works I, as well, well with this analogy. And Linnea had to play Rafi. Uh, and exactly. as you recall, in the movie, yeah. <laughs> Linnea is trying to <laughs> remove vision from the equation. Wanda is trying to remove vision from the equation. So she's trying to remove the stone so Thanos can't get a hold of it. And one would have to think, you know, if she was successful in those attempts, he would not be able to complete the Infinity Gauntlet, of course. And um, she was ultimately unsuccessful. Jason arrived too early simply for her to uh, to complete the job. Um, she wasn't strong enough to get it done on her own. Um, the parallels. The parallels. Good Lord. Uh, anything else to add to these two? I don't think so. All right. Thanks. Next on the ballot, uh, Blake is Black Panther. I kind of talked about this a little bit, but perennial Super Bowl performer. Um, he had the snap happen on his home turf, just like Black Panther had the snap happen in Wakanda. Um, and uh, that really, I think, Blake, was about as far as the analogy went for me. Um, what Blake's been to three championships? Three championships. Yeah, I. it is the... Three. It is, is it as far two? as I can tell, you know, he's been in that game more than any other, uh, in a way, <laughs> in a way. Um, and uh, also very strong in his own right, but just not. Um, well, you know, I'll say this: very strong, but also uh, maybe the leader of a cultural movement around the league. Uh, whenever Blake is uh, Super Bowl bound, it doesn't seem like he's ever the villain in the Super Bowl. No, he's he's really never. He's always the, so it's Blake forever, you know, really. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh we do got uh, one actual revision here. So Jackson, um we have changed you to Nick Fury. Um oh, actually I want to make a correction. Blake oh, has right. um only been in the Super Bowl twice, but he has won it both times. So he is undefeated in this. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, there's only two Black Panther movies, so that works out. Um, <laughs> uh, but Jackson's Nick Fury, uh, leader of the league, founder of the league. Um, so that obviously fits. Uh, but Jackson, you got? Do you want to elaborate on why you feel you're Nick Fury? Well, uh, there, there. I was watching Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home, so the second one, and Spider-Man's off in Europe. And there's a line that really resonated with me which is when uh, Spider-Man or Peter Parker is refusing to take uh, Nick Fury's phone calls. He keeps putting him on silent. And I just kind of had that moment where I was like, you know what? Like, I, and I say this facetiously because honestly, this league, especially, I, I really feel really bad making this comment, especially after yesterday I sent out, I think it was 15 demo requests for league dues, and 13 of them have been paid in less than 24 hours. But there was a couple of times in those early years and, the first year or two when we were all in college, we're trying to get a hold of people and contact to like fill out league referendums, and, you know, participate in those those things that weren't mandatory for fantasy football, but like were like kind of part of the the group at large. Like everyone was off running their own team, perfectly fine being their superhero. But then like the parts that made us a, like a league, that made us like a true unit, the Avengers, the whole league as a whole. But to get people to participate in that was very difficult to track people down uh, from from top to bottom, really. Uh, I also thought it was interesting because, like, Nick Fury, the first Avengers, Captain Marvel, 
And I would argue RJ is kind of really the first person I knew out of that whole group at Appleton East, both him and Jason, but more I mean, RJ through band freshman year of high school if you really want to go all the way back. And so I just thought what that, that they just – just curious. Because... Oh, oh, I, I, right. So Mark, Mike, I from from before that. Mark, Michael, Adithia, all of them I knew from elementary school, kindergarten. Got it. Then. So I mean, you know, J- Jacob, Iron Man yeah, movies, I, I guess, Avengers first are revealed. This is true. I mean, I mean, <laughs> wait. Oh my gosh, wait. That's actually crazy. All right, now that I'm looking at, yeah, you look at. We have Iron Man. We have Black <laughs> Widow. Thor and Doctor Strange is the people that I knew well beforehand uh, in kindergarten. And then also, like, Ant-Man and Vision. But we'll ignore the parts that don't fit. So, But so you have these eternal figures, you know, yes. as a part of it. Yes. Which is uh, very, very interesting. Um, and also, I, I just kind of, well, I'll get to this when we cover Mark. But um, let's uh, talk about RJ a little bit, uh, because... Uh, just segueing right off that Captain Marvel. We totally forgot to mention RJ is in the Air Force, just like Captain Marvel. I mean, that is uh, like the best parallel of all. And it, we didn't touch upon it. I cannot believe it was forgotten. Um, so apologies to RJ, because I think that's his initial thought even. Um, uh, but yeah, he's USAFA, baby. Uh, coming in strong in the analogy. Um, and like you said, Jackson, you knew him very early on. And he didn't the show up The first Avenger, season. some would say. He so was he the first one to ever play fantasy football out of this entire group? Probably. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, we can move on to me a little bit. I... Uh, I'm in here as Star Lord, you know, uh, and we mentioned it, it really is too perfect. Last honestly. time that I just, I really just did, couldn't get the job done when I had Thanos at his weakest. Weakest, uh, Jason put up his weakest performance against me in the playoffs, and I wasn't able to finish the job. Um, partially, but you're also a musician. I feel like I do play. Like, uh, no, I. I to play the guitar a little bit uh my playlist was called the awesome mix for the longest time um i i'm a big music buff and when i find songs i like i listen to them over and over and over again until they are absolutely beat to death um star lord is the wisecracker of the group and i feel like i crack wise uh often I would say but, uh, like the entire purpose of guardians of the galaxy. I sometimes feel like is to provide comedic relief to the Marvel cinematic universe. And yeah. that, that really centers around star Lord. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being at second city helps the analogy, I guess. Uh, I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. I, we haven't covered this too much on the podcast, but I'm currently in conservatory three at the second city down here in Chicago. Um, which is basically just a comedy school. If you don't know what that is, if you do know what that is, um, it's not as impressive as you think, uh, but it's still cool. Uh, it's still really cool. It's a place where Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell, Tina Fey, Bill Murray, you name it. You can go back as far as you want. Chris Farley uh, have, have come out of, I'm missing so many uh, great performers and, and they've all kind of come through there. Um, and I'm just studying there right now. I'm not a performer on the main stage or anything like that. We aspire to be one, but, uh, that is, uh, 
That's that's about as big of a dream as making on SNL. I'll be honest. It is a very tough gig to land down here. So, uh, but there's always there's more hope than not. Uh, and Star Lord's a, a very hopeful character. Also, Star Lord's dad is a god, um, and my name is Christian. So I don't know if that <laughs> does anything for you. <laughs> if that does anything for you, but it does for me. So. Uh, uh, next on the analogy list is uh, the Atomic Warriors uh, as Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Absolute mess of a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, wow. We don't really know who runs them. No. But they just they pay their dues. They show up each each year. Uh, they've made deep runs. Really scared the team, but they haven't won yet. Fortunately. Oh no! You know what? I'm thinking now. This was uh, revealed in the trailer. Sorry, I know we talked about it off mic beforehand, but I'm pretty sure I remember hearing Peter. uh, I forget the last name, but uh, I'm pretty sure I remember uh, Spider-Man making a wish with Doctor Strange or something like that. Yeah, but then there's like a whole. It's all no. I mean, like you you skip two hours of the movie in which that isn't case so got it okay yeah th- that wish was so that people wouldn't know who spider-man is right mm-hmm. but it, uh well anyway see the movie you gotta see the movie oh yeah this will be cut because we aren't spoiling it for anyone but uh oh we're a hundred percent spoiling it oh no we didn't spoil anything <laughs> anyway um <laughs> travis like christian as- said it's just in the trailer it's in the trailer, yeah. Uh, and I have only seen the trailer, so I cannot possibly spoil a movie I have not seen. It's got to be seen. And don't worry, Jason, I promise you in the description, at some point in the description, I'll say that there's a Spider-Man spoiler. And if people read the description, <laughs> then that's on them. That's now they've them. been warned. Well, they've also been Uh-oh. listening for an hour and five minutes at this point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we got Travis as Groot. I think that analogy still holds up perfectly. He doesn't have any ability to communicate uh in the group chat and uh did uh oh man uh, did travis maybe get um more fun loving uh in the in the recent years at all no i maybe more yeah, angst yes perhaps angst is the right word there yeah, we so go. he's more like his, a uh, teenager uh his after, voice uh, of music is still definitely like Teen pop, you know, like uh, okay. Imagine Dragons. So, yeah, yeah, yeah he's Teen go. Groot. I like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got, I got Jason. And I got him to play some video games. You know, some FIFA, some Chell, some Madden. Every once in a while, uh, when we were roommates for the, that short bit. Mm-hmm. And one of us left. Yep. And then who who left will not be named. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got Sydney as Captain America. Um, what do we have for him here? I'm trying to. Remember. I mean, I think that mostly. I mean, oh, that centered so around I, him I, and Mark, didn't it? Because yeah, that's centered around he, him. He's Captain America. Mark is Iron Man. They were right, like the first Avengers. It's also I don't think we mentioned it, but they faced each other in the first Super Bowl, um, ever. And so it's kind of fun to see they've both been kind of mainstays in the league, perennial contenders, you could say, 
um, that have had their own spinoffs, their own storylines each and every year. And this year they wound up in the same division, I think courtesy of, of Mark. And they just kind of duped out week in, week out. And it was ultimately Mark who came out ahead. Um, and then it ended up being neither of them that got a chance to face Thanos, which when you look at Infinity War, right, you think these are the two guys you'd want fighting, but then it ends up being Thor, right? It ends up being Jacob, yeah. which is perhaps a bit unexpected that he's the one who the, the story arc leads to in Infinity War. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and well, Sydney also was just... Uh, <laughs> He was just such a scrappy team all year. He didn't ever have. Um, uh, hold on, let me look, look back no. at his roster. Did he have like You're, a ton of? You look back at his initial roster, and he looks like the the shrimpy kid from Brooklyn that just needs every single type of support in the world. And he got it from the waiver wire. I mean, he, the the special serum was the number one waiver priority for four straight weeks. Yep. Where he went from zero starting running backs to five, basically. Super Which, soldier. I mean, he took every advantage that was given to him, and he worked with it from there. Whereas, you're right, Mark, on the other hand, is at the top of the, the top, and he doesn't have waiver priority, and he just uses his, his waiver genius to just continue to make up pickups that become, over time, he develops them into starting running backs. Yeah, he really built, yeah, he really built his team. He just had so many weapons by the end of the year. It was like yes. he was in a rocket suit. Um, and uh, um, then we had Tom as, as Hulk, um, mostly because he just didn't – he never transformed. Uh, you know, he was in maybe yeah. the Hulkbuster armor, but it still wasn't the Hulk that we needed when we needed him most. Um, and did he well, play – He Jason transformed Spider-Man? against someone. Who did he transform against that first round? Oh, that was against Sydney. So he went right. off against Sydney and then just threw up a dud the following week. And yeah. did he play against Jason early in the year at all? Did this analogy extend to that? Uh, Jason, do you remember okay, beating I, Tom? I, I can pull that. Um, I don't know. I oh. beat so many people so. that um, I can't. They all just kind of blend together at some point. Thanos is here. Okay. Let's see. The Chupacobras, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jason laid the smackdown on Tom in week five. Um, nice. And Tom... 21-105. It was closer. <laughs> right, but so was that fight at the start of the movie. Uh, yeah. Where he won <laughs> the Hulk. It was actually like fairly close until Thanos... Um, he did... I would say he won by 20 points in that fight. Um <laughs> <laughs> Roughly. And also going back to the Atomic Warriors, um, Spider-Man can sometimes be described as brilliant but lazy. Um, I think a lot of times we, like, the Atomic Warriors seem to have really good drafts. Um, but, like, you wonder how much research they actually do. This year they drafted J.K. Dobbins in the first round. Brilliant but lazy. Like, it was a good pick, but... Dobbins got hurt earlier that night, and then they just don't make a ton of waiver pickups throughout the week. Yeah, he also just never turned on kill mode, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, uh, that that brings us all the way down to uh, Michael at, at at Black Widow. Um, he was in Sydney's division. I think that was a large part of it. Um, 
You know, he has he has his own Super Bowl title. Black Widow has their own has movie. Their own movie. Yeah. But aside from that one movie or that one that one Super Bowl title, I mean, Michael Black Widow don't really have a whole lot else in the MCU. They're just, they're always there unwaveringly, but it's not like they're the ones that are making the big impact. No, and fairly weak, uh, as was Michael this season, <laughs> compared to the god of thunder that is Thor. <laughs> it's never like Black Widow's going to be able to go toe-to-toe with even you know Captain America. So um, the analogy stood tall this year. Um, Noodle is Rocket Raccoon. What do we have for that? Noodle is Rocket Raccoon. I, I mean, mainly it's personality type. Noodle is just always got the best quip he's got some predictive capabilities as well where you always feel like rocker raccoon kind of can tell what's about to happen uh whereas noodle also has a tendency to be able to predict what is upcoming he also had a lot of flair on his team i would say with yes. gronk and zeke yeah. and chase claypool and uh and swift uh he had a lot of flair and not a whole lot of uh, production out of the and miles gaskin geez uh he's one of these guys certainly had um the ability to put together what looks on paper to be as strong of a team or arsenal as iron man's um but then when it gets to <laughs> combat it is about half as useful uh and, and noodle went uh below 500 this last year um that brings us to jacob as thor which uh the analogy is pretty clear. He met with Jason in the Super Bowl. He should have went for the head. But uh, the analogy has continued after the Super Bowl because Jacob is moving to Alaska, uh, just like Thor went into exile afterwards. So if we see the emergence of Fat Jacob, boy, oh boy, will I be so happy for this analogy. Jacob, please put on about 50 pounds. Uh, maybe. And I, I don't know how to describe it to you. But if you watch Avengers Endgame at the very start and you look at the 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 kind of run down port town that Thor is living in, um Jacob is moving to Seward, Alaska. And I, I strongly encourage you to I don't know, use Google Maps, GeoGuessr or something to find Seward, Alaska and look at their street view. And it literally is almost a spitting image. Like the, the the comparison is just too perfect that Jacob here is going to exile. We'll see if Jacob returns next season uh, with the same muddy thunder after perhaps a slow start, but it, it really just is too perfect. Absolutely. Um, we had Eric is Hawkeye now. Eric is Hawkeye. Jackson, why was that? Well, the main rationale is that Eric, like Hawkeye, has been here from the start he is constantly present and you just always expect there to be more i guess more like for how much talk there is more wins more titles maybe a movie like a championship at some point in time he's got a tv show i mean maybe eric will want a playoff game next year i don't know uh that would be a pleasant surprise but for for all the quips that Eric has, it's just, it's never really put him in the front runner's seats. Um, I, I guess well, you look at it. Well, let yeah. me say this. Uh, at the beginning of, and <laughs> Eric had to buy. 
<laughs> maybe undeservingly. <laughs> and Hawkeye does not appear in Avengers Infinity War. Um, he shows up in Endgame. Um, he, uh, they kind of show what happened to him. He in really Infinity didn't War. show. He was ten and two this year. He yeah. just didn't really show up at all in the playoffs. Oh, also, I, I really feel like it's a branding issue. Like, there was a point in time in the playoffs when Eric was still in it and Jason was still in it, where I think people legitimately would have wanted Jason to win over Eric, which just shows you how terrible <laughs> of a branding job Eric does with his team, considering where Jason is now currently sitting at in this league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then we have Adithia is Doctor Strange, uh, made the trade with Thanos, uh, gave him the final, or one of the, fi- the, the piece to the puzzle that ended up being just overwhelming uh time uh which is kind of ironic because he traded his players so early in the year that he gave jason all of the time (laughs) to amass the infinity gauntlet (laughs) if he only would have waited a little longer you know they could have gotten wakanda more ready for him uh (laughs) but instead he just he did he pulled the trigger right away um uh i think that's a that covers it for it um yeah. Uh, is it uh, a doctor who broke his hands at all? No. Um, not yet, at least. Not he yet. could be one day. One day. Okay. Uh, and we have Hunter as Bucky uh, because he uh, he killed Mark's dad, uh, as we know. Um, no, that's not canon. But Hunter is <laughs> Hunter is Bucky uh, because he was. Ooh, where was he? Uh, what division was Hunter in? He was with Eric. He was with Eric. Jacob. Uh, Sam. Adithia. Yeah, and on they paper... They just kind of had him very... I mean, it, his team was not bad, but it was kind of in the same tier as, like, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Where, like, you, you want Flash. him on your side if you have to, if he's going to participate, but he's not going to make or break one of the sides. Right, and he is a lot of flash. He's got a very sparkly arm in Austin Eckler and Mike Williams, uh, but uh, it didn't end up being that much stronger, uh, and he was ultimately defeated um, by Captain America. Did Hunter play Sydney? Come on, oh, he analogy. lost to Rocket Raccoon. No, he lost to Noodle. Oh, but did Hunter play <laughs> Sydney in the regular season at all? He um, had to. Yeah, they must have, yeah. So we will. We got to find it. Uh, you have to find it. Let's see here. Boy, let me tell you. Oh, Eric always changes his team name. That's with the branding issue. I can never find it. <laughs> okay. He did lose to Sydney. He, lose, he lost to Sydney week six. Sydney defeated Hunter in a close battle. It came down to the wire. Uh, Sydney was able to win it um, with uh, Josh. Yeah, whoa. I don't know how that. Uh, came up on the timeline. Was it uh, some Bills player? Cole Beasley. He was able to defeat him with Cole Beasley, of all things. Um, and uh, yeah, actually, was Cole Beasley that wanted for him? And so we. Uh, that that is a pretty stark analogy. It was a close, scrappy fight, both under 100 points, 90 to 81, back in Week Six. Uh, but ultimately, Sydney prevailed as big brother in that situation so that the analogy holds up there is no holes in it yet uh uh, uh sam g was ant-man because we all wanted uh well now we all want him to climb up jason's butthole and 
expand. Oh my um, but <laughs> no, uh, uh, but he uh, was stuck. We in changed another this dimension. one. Yeah, basically, and also all like his supporting cast uh, was the Wasp, and then the other two scientists were basically like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Odell Beckham Jr. They just disappeared into thin air this season and were not there when Sam needed them. Um, yeah. Because they were, they were snapped. They were just gone. Yeah, and they looked like a, a immensely powerful team. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you look at, like, uh, Aaron Rodgers um, with the alternative medicine, right? Ant-Man is going into the van to try and collect quantum energy <laughs> because of its potential healing power. I mean... <laughs> I think the quantum energy probably had a bit more scientific backing in the MCU, but it's still it's still. But either I'm way, sure, I'm sure Ant-Man is now immunized to COVID. <laughs> I would say the Green Bay Packers were, yeah, like Ant-Man's little squad of guys. You know that, like, compared to everyone else around them, they are the best and brightest. But when you stack up against the Avengers, they're kind of just some dudes. Uh, and <laughs> uh, did. Uh, the Atomic Warriors face off with Sam G, and how did it end? This is pivotal to the analogy, very pivotal. Um, if this holds up... They might have played each other. I'm not, I'll check Atomic Warriors. See, now that's a team. is such a menace that they are. At least they keep the same name every year. Uh, it does not appear that they no. played, unfortunately. It does not look like they played. That's okay. That happened in Civil War anyway. So uh, I was going to say if somehow... I mean, they played in years past, if that's what you're asking me. Right. Did, 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 what's the historical record between Sam G and... Um, and uh, I wouldn't need a bit of time to pull that up. That's all right. And maybe for next time. But if, if, if indeed the Atomic Warriors have beaten Sam G uh, in the past... Boy, oh boy, does that favor well for the analogy. Because Civil War, Spider-Man gets the best of Ant-Man. Um, then we have Hans' Loki. I don't think anything really to add to that. Uh, trickster that he is needed to be defeated uh, and removed from the league prior to uh, Jason taking power here. Um, and uh, now has his own spinoff show. So, um I don't know. I think Hans is in probably another league of his own. I, I'd imagine. I, I wonder if there is a uh, a podcast following for that. Um, and the waiver wire was War Machine, Mark's greatest ally, and um, well, everyone's everyone's good friend. Uh, but that brings us to uh, the closing minutes of the podcast. Uh, please hold your tears till the end, because we have. On the docket, America's favorite segment. Drum roll, please. What the heck is going on here with Jason? Give it. Yes, absolutely. We have our second week of the Champions Edition of What the Heck is Going On Here, Uh, and this week we are highlighting someone who is not a champion. Uh, Where's Eric? Uh, So we get it. Not everyone who's listening is involved in the planning process for a podcast. Um, But when we were planning our podcast for this week, and really for the last few weeks, um, I wasn't quite sure whether I would be able to make our time this week, but I I let the group know, um, and I was ultimately able to make it. 
Christian uh, also replied a day later saying that he was able to make it. That's fine dandy. We heard nothing from Eric. Um, And Christian reveals before we got on the air that Eric was talking to a girl. And now uh, I don't know if anyone noticed for the second half of the podcast, Eric wasn't here because he had to go work out. Uh, Now we get it. People are busy, but like the three of us are always carving out time for what really matters. And really the reason why we do the podcast is for you, the listeners. Where's Eric's dedication? Um, I don't know. He's, uh, he's so focused on his, uh, self pursuits, whether it be his trips to the supermarket or to, to talk to girls or to work out. Um, at some point he just needs to take a step back and realize what's really important is you, the listener. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you, Christian and Jackson, for carving out the time to be here this week. Um, let's make a trend. Hashtag where's Eric. Okay. That about does it for us this week. Thank you very much for listening in on this extra special long episode of the 20 for 20 podcast i've been one of your hosts christian um i forgot that we usually don't introduce each other at the end uh but uh we we will be back post super bowl sometime to talk about the game uh at the very least Mm -hmm. if not before then Uh, we'll all be meeting up for a special in person uh next not not recording but uh we're just uh we could we could have some fun yeah. Can we expense that what? trip? Can we expense that trip, you know, on our yeah, yeah. podcast? I think so. Sure. I think that's tax deductible. So, yeah. yeah, maybe a special in-person edition of the 20 for 20 podcast. But uh, thank you so much for listening this week, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. As a reward for listening so long, we've got a special post-credit segment for you. So make sure to... Uh, listen through the outro music for our segment.
all that for a drop. All. <laughs> all that for a drop of blood.